Have you ever wished that you could take students on a field trip to a rainforest, inside a volcano, or to the top of a mountain? Virtual field trips allow you to use video conferencing to do just that. Today, we'll talk with marine biologist and virtual field trip pioneer Jillian Morris about how she got started taking children under the sea to learn about sharks. Welcome to episode 13 of the Education for a Better World podcast. I'm Mike Soskal. And I'm Diane Smokorowski. Each week, we will bring you conversations with some of the most dynamic thought leaders in education. This week's episode is sponsored by GoToScience, a tool that allows our youngest learners the opportunity to learn by going on adventures without leaving their classroom. We know that education will be the driving force for a bright, optimistic future. On each show... We'll introduce you to innovative ideas, we'll stretch your thinking, and help you see ways to empower students to affect positive change in the world. We are thrilled that you are coming along with us on this journey. Let's dream big. Jillian Morris is a marine biologist, a shark conservationist, and the founder of Sharks for Kids. Currently based in Bimini in the Bahamas, she travels the world to teach kids about sharks. Gillian, welcome to the show. Ah, thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the Sharks for Kids program and what it is you do? Uh, yeah, so Sharks for Kids was kind of this idea that I had for, for years. Um, I'm a marine biologist and a conservationist and had worked in the media world as well and just thought, you know, wouldn't it be really cool to combine all of those things and, and provide materials for students, uh, especially when I was visiting classrooms, because when you swim with sharks for a living, everyone wants you to come in. Your friends that are teachers, they want you to come in, they want you to talk to their class. And I really wasn't finding materials to give them after as a follow-up or, or anything that was really what I was looking for to sort of round out my experience. So thought, maybe I can create something and talked about it for a long time and then uh, turned 30 and my husband finally went, why don't you just do this? You've been talking about it. And I was like, you know what? This is really what I want to do. So um, it kind of was born out of this idea of, of filling a need or a niche that I had kind of experienced. And um, yeah, and so we developed curriculum. That was sort of the main point. And then we started doing Skype calls and connecting with schools virtually. And I can still remember one of the first schools I actually connected with um, was a school in Kenya. One room, you know, one room school, uh, iPad, and the kids actually wrote a song and they sang about sharks. And I mean, I was just like, this, I, it's still to this day one of the most amazing calls I've had, one of the most amazing um, schools I would love to visit at some point. I just, it really, um, kind of made me realize too how, how connected we can be, how these tools, the Skype or using the computer can actually be really, really powerful um, and bring us together. And it was just something really, really special for me. Um, and uh, yeah, so now, you know, get to Skype with kids, get to do Google Hangouts, get to visit places and, and traveling all over the world in person and virtually to teach students how important these animals actually are. My question for you is, because you have a chance to talk to so many, so many children of different ages, what are some of the most common questions you get asked? 
the, across the board, any age, this is including adults, is have I ever been bitten by a shark? Um, that's the number one. And I love that my answer is no, never. And I've spent thousands of hours diving with sharks all over the world, working with them, and I've never been bitten, never had one try and bite me. Um, so I love, I actually love when people ask that because it's a great way to change their perception um, and, and kind of change the conversation about sharks. Um, I also get asked about Megalodon a lot. Um, you know, they, <laughs> it's not real. Um, it was a real animal. It's been extinct for almost 3 million years. Uh, but I think when you have a big animal that, and kids love dinosaurs and prehistoric animals, and so it's fascinating. And, and the ocean is such uh, still a mystery for us. There's so much we don't know that that possibility, I think that excites people or interests them. So that I get asked a lot. Um, my favorite shark, which is the great hammerhead. Um, and also a lot about my career, how I got here, like the, the process and, and the whys, which I love and I think is, you know, a really great, I want people to know my story. I want kids to realize that you, anybody can do this. This isn't, I didn't have any special situation. I'm not, I grew up in a really small town in Maine um, and just followed what I wanted to do and, and my passion and that applies to anything. So I can imagine that uh, living in the Bahamas this time of year uh, in the winter is much nicer than living up in Maine when you were growing up. It is, we don't get any snow here. <laughs> <laughs> So Jillian, my, my students have participated in your calls before, several different classes that I've had over the years. And one of the things that I've found really exciting uh, as a teacher is that after the call, it leads to some really great uh, cross-curricular connections. So kids really want to learn more, so that gets them involved in research. And we've had some great blog posts that have come after, after calls um, on uh, kids wanting to be activists. What are some of the ways that you've seen teachers take these virtual field trips and turn them into learning experiences afterwards for, for kids? Yeah, and that's, I think, one of the things that we really wanted to work with is, okay, if I go into a school, either virtually or in person, what's the after? How can kids critically think? How can they take that? What's the next step? Um, because it isn't just, okay, yeah, cool, that we show them some shark photos and videos. That's amazing. Um, but there's a lot more. And so I love seeing the blogs. I've seen video commercials that kids have made. I'm always blown away at how creative teachers and students are. And I learned so much. I am not uh, a teacher. I'm not a trained professional in the education world. I've learned a lot. I rely on a lot of amazing educators like you guys uh, to learn and to craft. Okay, well, this is my experience, but how does that, how do I get that into the classroom? How does it work? What does it align with? And, and uh, so it's been really, I think I've learned a ton and I'm always like really surprised at the creativity that kids come up with, with from making posters and creative writing, or uh, I've, I've seen some really amazing videos that kids have created and uh, it just always blows me away. And it, it gives me hope that really when you see that next step, you're like, yes, they get it and they, they realize that they're part of something. And even if you're five, you can pick up that plastic bottle. You can make that cool shark poster. And I think as kids, I remember thinking, oh, I'm not old enough. I can't do this. What am I going to do? I'm just a kid. And, and I think we, we have to help kids, regardless of the topic, is realize that they are global citizens, they're invested in this, and their voice matters. And, and that's really what we want to do. And sharks are kind of our, you know, our focus, but really helping them find their voice and realizing that it, it will be heard, you can make a difference. 
So why are sharks so important uh, when it comes to kids being activists and being engaged in making their world a better place? Why is it that sharks are such an important piece of that? So um, most of the things people hear about sharks are fear and monsters and movies and, and you know, this idea that they're man eaters. And it's, it's absolutely not true. Um, and unfortunately, um, you know, because they have sort of a bad PR team, um, you know, all this, this stuff we hear about sharks, like they really, they, they need some positive press and it's, it's changing, but these animals are critical for healthy oceans. Uh, they keep the systems balanced. They're eating injured, dead, dying, sick animals. And when you remove sharks, you start to see less fish populations, you start to see habitat destruction from coral reefs dying and things like that. So they are vital. And no matter where we live, the ocean is important. It's part of our life every single day. And I think when kids, particularly in landlocked areas, it's hard for them to connect with that. It's really hard to think, wait a minute, I've never even seen the ocean. What are you talking about? Um, but these animals are, are really important for these healthy oceans. And I think it's a great way to get kids excited because even if you're afraid of sharks, there's some part of you that's fascinated. And so we can, we can change that. We can take that little, it might be only a little bit, but if we can get that and get them some cool facts, like, you know, tiger sharks can throw up their stomachs or, you know, the smallest shark can fit in my hand and sharks have glow in the dark bellies. I mean, stuff that you don't see on shark week or other shows, you know, like the stuff that you might not know or learn in your general search unless you were kind of digging for it. Uh, so get kids excited and change that to fascination. And then we start building the connections of, of why these animals are so important and why we want kids to speak up for them. And part of that work is turned you into an author. Yes, yeah. You tell us about your book. Yeah, so um, that is actually something I, I really enjoyed. Um, a very steep learning curve. Uh, let's write a book, yeah! And then you learn the actual process of self-publishing and working with an illustrator and, and like bringing, because I, if I had drawn it, it would have been stick figures. So um, I, everyone's like, did you do the artwork? No, it, it no, abs thank goodness I didn't. I thought about it again. It was one of those things like, I'm gonna stop spinning these ideas in my head and just start doing them. What's, what's gonna, you know, like, I wanna do this. Self-publishing's an option now, so let's do it. And uh, yeah, so Norman and Earthshark came to life. Um, Norman is named after my grandfather who had passed away. And so I thought, you know, it was kind of cool, connect my family and, and uh, um, who thought I was crazy for swimming with sharks, but then kind of grew to, to love it and was interested and wanted to see the photos. And um, yeah, so Norman goes on his adventure and kids can learn about ecosystems in the Bahamas, different ocean animals, and a little bit about some of the threats that are facing the oceans with plastic and, and overfishing. Um, so yeah, really, really interesting. Again, this whole process, because so much of it that I've done is, is are things that are out of my wheelhouse uh, that I've learned a lot. And I think that's, and the kids teach me every day, like I'm learning new things. It's incredible. And the book has been a big part of that. So where can people buy it? Ah, so people can go to fantasticbooks.com or through the website, thesharksforkids.com. And the next book will be out this year. So I'm excited. We're working on that right now. Yeah, it's been, it was a little delayed, um, but I'm, I'm excited. So we're, we're, the wheels are in motion now and that'll be out later this year. Very cool. So Jillian, tell us a little bit about what a virtual field trip with you would be like uh, for, for students. 
Yeah, so it really depends on the age. Um, everything we do with the field trips are, we want to gear it towards age appropriate topics. Um, for really little kids, it's just getting them excited. What is a shark? What are some cool features? Uh, I love connecting kids with facts about sharks that are similar, like some sharks have belly buttons and kids can go, wait a minute, I have a belly button, that's kind of cool. And they didn't think that, you know, a shark with a belly button. Uh, so kind of getting them to think, it's not just the teeth. Like let's get away, yeah, the teeth are important. All right, but everyone knows about the teeth, so let's get away from that and talk about um, some of the other aspects. So it's really kind of uh, exploring concepts that are kind of age appropriate, um, and then we build on that. And so it's a lot of photos and videos. Uh, my husband and I both do a lot of photography and film work, so we have access to um, the footage that we, we collect. Uh, so it's showing kids real experiences, us in the field with the sharks, um, so, and our own personal stories with these animals. And then it's, we try to have the calls, but like myself and the team as well, uh, really interactive. I ask the kids a lot of questions. I want to know what they, they know about sharks, or I want to know what they think about sharks. I usually ask what's one word that comes to mind. And I, you know, I love getting what I call the S word, scary to start, um, and seeing where we go at the end of it. What are the words now? Um, and, and then we leave a lot of time for questions. Um, I think that's really important. Um, you know, personal questions to me, what can I talk about? My experiences are, um, because a lot of stuff they, they can look up, like they have access to things. And so, uh, materials. So let's, let's talk about some unique, um, my experiences. Um, and so, you know, some of the focus is we talk about anything from just general shark conservation, sharks, shark tagging, and the science of how we study them. So being able to show them the equipment we use, why we do it, how we do it. Um, I have the tags so I can actually show them the underwater camera equipment we use so they can actually see that. And really just kind of also connecting them to these animals, but career options like what we're doing and, and what does that mean? Uh, so it's it's really kind of, a, there's a lot of different options with our virtual field trips kind of based on age and, and what the class is and, and what they're looking to kind of experience or get out of the talk. Before we continue, let me take a few seconds to tell you about our sponsor. GoToScience is an incredible tool that allows pre-K through second grade students to be engaged with every area of the curriculum. Students will go on virtual adventures, they'll engage in inquiry, and they'll publish their results. Every month, we give away a free one-year subscription. To win this month, simply share the podcast's website with your followers on Twitter or Facebook. Make sure to tag us so that we see your post. Our website is ed4betterworld.com. I also want to remind you that Diane and I are available to come to your school to work with your teachers. Either of us would be happy to help you incorporate virtual field trips like the ones you're hearing about today and build project and problem-based lessons that help kids become critical thinkers and lifelong learners. Contact us through the website. Now let's get back to the show. As far as I can tell, you are one of the very first virtual field trips that a lot of schools have ever experienced. You're kind of like the entryway to discovering how we can bring the real world to our classroom. What is something you wish more teachers knew about distance learning? Distance learning is, is changing the way the world learns. I mean, we 
couldn't, I live on a tiny island in the Bahamas. There's two schools and travel's expensive and time. And with, with these virtual learning opportunities, you can be in six different countries in a day. I mean, it's just, and I've heard, like, even myself, there's some that, like, I was telling my mom, she's a teacher about the night zookeeper or the penguin experience. I mean, I just, I don't understand how a teacher would not want to bring that into their classroom. It doesn't have to be my, my talk, just in general, like, you can get a firsthand experience with someone living and breathing and working in that space. Um, so kids aren't looking in a book and going, okay, I see that person, that photo, but they're there, they're experiencing it. Um, and those connections are really important for students. Um, I think it helps them see what their options are, learn in a different way. Um, and it just, I, I think they remember it. And I, I've had a lot of teachers write to me and say, you know, my kids have asked questions or at the end of the year they talked about it and it was their favorite Skype or a student came up and wanted to start a project after on their own. It inspired them. Now they're going to do, we had a little girl do a, a, she sold lemonade and raised money for sharks. And I mean, it was just like, it was so sweet. And uh, yeah, so you hear that and you realize just how amazing these connections can be, um, putting them in front of real people and, and getting you to interact with those people instead of just looking at a photo in a book. So if there are listeners who want to uh, book a virtual field trip with you and, and get you into their classroom, how would they go about doing that? Um, they can send me a message. They can go through our website. We have a, a whole section on virtual learning and experiences. Uh, so they can go through our website or they can email and it. Um, my email is Jillian at sharksforkids.com. Um, I try to do a lot of them. I do have team. We've, we've grown, which is exciting. So we do have some other uh, people doing Skype calls just because we get so many requests um, for interest and and uh so we're trying to build our team so we can continue to offer um you know that as a, a learning tool and uh but yeah right through the website and they can see some more information about the different lessons and and what we offer and and what would the cost be for, for a uh, we we have a donation um we ask people if they want to donate there's absolutely no required fee um we try and keep this uh our materials free and accessible obviously we're a nonprofit, so if people do want to donate that's always greatly appreciated because it allows us to keep our curriculum and lesson plans free and accessible to kind of go along with the talks but we don't have a required fee so many schools now are looking at the sustainable development goals and one of those is on clean water clean oceans your connections are perfect to help bring that whole conversation to life. Is this part of what you're hoping to promote? Yeah, so absolutely. Um, that's something we're incorporating because it is, we are, we are aligned with a lot of it. It was a very easy transition to say, okay, yeah, this is, this is what, I mean, obviously we're very shark focused, uh, but it, it connects to larger issues because we're seeing sharks are affected by climate change. They're affected by plastic pollution. They're affected by coastal development, habitat destruction. So it's, it links to a lot of larger concepts um, and connects. We're using that one animal to talk about and cover a lot of environmental issues. Uh, and so I think, yeah, when, when I started looking into that, I was like, okay, this actually works for us because we're, we are, we're doing that. And sharks are one of those animals that really can be linked into multiple things um, and multiple situations when it comes to environmental issues and things that are being done to sort of um, conservation efforts and, and education and awareness. So tell me about uh, Jillian, the marine biologist, and what, what, what is a day in the life of Jillian like uh, when you're not connecting with schools? 
Um, yeah, so I, I'm really lucky to kind of be able to do a lot of things with sharks. Uh, these days, it usually means uh, I'm doing a lot of photo and video work, um, but I do have a couple of tagging projects. Uh, one is in the Dutch Caribbean that we've partnered with an organization and we're specifically looking at tiger sharks and their migration patterns. So when we're working with them, we will go out on the boat and we have our special equipment. We use scientific drum lines, which are kind of a buoy with a line on them to, to, to catch the sharks. Um, everything we do when we're working with them is specifically designed to, to kind of minimize the impact on the animal. Obviously, we are catching it, so we're trying to make that um, as easy and less stressful. And so once we have the animal, we take specific data um, from them. So I always tell kids it's like going to the doctor and getting a checkup. We measure the length of the shark, uh, how big around. We can take a blood sample, a skin sample, and then we place a tag. And what we're using are spot tags, which are satellite tags. So we actually get transmission and location of our shark. And it's great because we can show the kids like the actual kind of uh, Google Earth map of connect the dots of where the shark is going and uh, and filming and, and teaching them like what does shark science look like what what is, what is something that we do um, and and that's really I, I love having the media side of it to be able to then showcase this is actually what it looks like to measure a shark and to tag a shark and to you know perform surgery if we're doing a tag that's inserted um, yeah so that's kind of um, still doing some work with that. We also take kids out to help us on tagging projects, which uh, I think is is one of the most fun. And I, I would have been over the, I wouldn't even, I don't even know what I would have done if I'd been able to be like 10 years old and getting to tag a shark. Um, but we take them out and, you know, we get the animals secured, but they collect all the data and they tag the shark. And, and it's, it's in partnership with the, the Guy Harvey Research Institute in Florida. And it's part of an ongoing study. So it's not just, okay, let's go tag sharks just so you get to see them. It's, it's actually part of an ongoing study. So these kids are collecting real data and they're really a part of it. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's amazing when we get to do that. And when I get to combine those two worlds, uh, really, really special. Um, and then, but when I'm here in the Bahamas, a lot of it is we do a lot of photo IDs to kind of to help the lab out with some of their projects or assist them because there's a research station on the island and um, looking at individual sharks like the great hammerheads right now. So kind of observing which ones are in each day, how often and, and you know, looking at our photos and helping them with that. So um, usually a lot of time in the water with sharks, uh, which is always amazing. When I think of school curricula and what we're trying to give to kids and how we're trying to, to make connections, when you think about the, the research that you have to do in the language arts, you know, that's such a part of your job and the data analysis and collection, obviously, you know, you're a scientist, so you've got the science piece, but you're bringing in, you have to be an artist when you're, when you're taking pictures, right? Uh, the, the composition and, and lighting uh, of the pictures that you're taking under the water. Uh, it really is, you know, your job encompasses so much. And I would imagine that when you connect with schools, all of that experience allows you to really get into curriculum in, in any area, no matter what a teacher is teaching, uh, you're able to give them real life experiences that go along with what they're teaching in their classroom. Yeah, I mean, we get requests from art classes, um, from a math class. I've done, you know, and so, yeah, there are ways to connect all different aspects. And I love that about it. I love that it's not just a science class because that's kind of the obvious one. I love that there are other areas that can kind of all come in and work. And, a, and teachers are open to incorporating that. And I think it's also really interesting for kids to see like, okay, what, if I want to help animals, 
or I want to get involved, it doesn't just have to be in a laboratory. Um, it doesn't have to just be, you know, uh, whatever I get, you know, I ask a lot of young girls as well, like what's, what is a marine biologist to you? And a lot of them think it's men that are doing it. Um, people working in a lab or maybe out on a boat, they still have that idea that they've seen or heard or kind of what's ingrained. And so hopefully we're kind of breaking that and saying, no, it's, it's women are in this field, they're out in the water, they're doing this, they're on the boat, they're driving boats, they're diving, um, but they're also in labs or they're taking photos and videos. I mean, it's, it's really, I think, important for me. I love when I get to work with like Girl Scout troops or you know just groups of community groups that are, are girls or women and saying, you know what, you can do this. I know that there's not as many women that do it, but if you wanna do this, there's absolutely no reason that you can't. There's nothing stopping you, so go for it. And I think that, to me, to be able to share that, um, you know, and, and mentor and work with those groups is, is really special because I didn't, I grew up in a really small town and I didn't, I mean, there were Sylvia Earle and Eugenie Clark were the only women that I saw in the books that did anything close to what I wanted to do. Um, and it was always men on TV with animal shows. It was, it's still, it's mostly men that host TV shows with, with animals. So um, I, I didn't really see anyone that I went, I want to be like her. And so hopefully if we can give that to students or if I can give that to one student to say, Ooh, I want to do that. And she's doing it. I can too. Then I think that's success. Like I, I love that. And that's a huge part of why I do this. That makes my heart happy right there. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> and I'm thinking what, what I'm hearing is that we, we need a, a Jillian TV show. A shark <laughs> on, the, on the animal planet, right? That's, that's what uh, I heard out of that answer right there. <laughs> you know, another thing that Mike and I are, are passionate about is this experiential learning for teachers. Imagine a teacher field trip hanging out with Julian Morris. Yeah, we're actually working on that. So I'm really excited. We're putting some projects together. Again, like my mom's a teacher and she's a science teacher. So I, I love... I'm always asking your ideas and what do you think about this and would this work and so really the goal would be an incredible experience getting people in the water obviously seeing sharks doing that but then how do you take that back to the classroom that's the big thing is um, yes you can go on vacation you, you can go snorkeling anyone can go snorkeling and diving or, or you know go see uh, go hike whatever it is that you're doing how do you then take that experience and take it back to your kids um, and I've been working like my mom comes every year. She goes diving with the shark. She's been tagging and we've worked a lot on, okay, well, how does that go back into your classroom? How do you, instead of, I mean, it's not just simply like, look what I did. It's really cool. And the kids think it's great that she swam with the sharks and they're like, this is so cool, but it's so much more than that. So that's really what we're working on developing um, to do these, these teacher trips, because I think, um, you know, having these cool experiences firsthand to then stand in front of your kids and, and be able to show that, but then the whys and, and, you know, there's so many options with all of the subjects we talked about, the science, the writing, math, art that can come from that. Um, and so really kind of spending time helping educators take that experience and bring it back. So Jillian, at the end of every show, we ask our guests the same question, uh, and we're gonna ask you to answer in only one or two sentences. Okay. So in one or two sentences, if you could change education in any way to make the world a better place, what would you do? I would absolutely get and encourage teachers to do more virtual trips with real people, connect their students to the real world, real opportunities, and real people, uh, because it connects us so much better than I think anything can. Thank you for joining us today. 
please visit our website at edforbetterworld.com. That's ed, E-D, the number four, betterworld.com for show notes and to learn more about inviting Mike and I to lead a workshop for your teachers. And don't forget to check the other podcast-related goodies. We want to thank Jillian Morris for being a guest on today's show. Credit for music on the show goes to Midair Machine. Join us next week as we talk with Miriam Mason about how she overcomes the challenges of teaching in Sierra Leone to instill democratic values in her students. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation and that it gave you some new ideas and perspectives. Through education and action, we can create a better world. Until we're together again, continue to dream big. And affect positive change. <laughs>